Ready. Well, if you're ready, you're the one that does the thing. Yeah, but you're wiggling around. Uh, wiggle complete. Get shift on. Oh boy. We shift and hold on. Double shift. Oh. Welcome to Brothers in Who, a Married Who spinoff in which me, Jake, and my brother Alex watch classic Who in whatever order we choose. Right now, we're going through all of the companions watching their first and last stories. We do this in an attempt to watch some stuff we maybe otherwise wouldn't have watched. This podcast, we are doing Joe Grant. And we're doing this by watching Terror of the Autons and The Green Death. Alex. Yo. How's it going? It's going good. You have uh, any... um? non-Doctor Who-related stuff you've been watching? Uh, we haven't done that in a while. A lot of D&D. So, uh, Critical Roles, Tales of Tales of Alexandria, just wrapped up, well, just, like a week or two ago. And so I was kind of behind, so I've been watching that back-to-back for the last three days. <laughs> <laughs> and it's been awesome. I'm on the last episode. It's really good. Cool. Uh, I've been watching, so this is a very exciting time of year for me because the NFL American football season is about to start. So HBO every year does a five-part documentary series where they follow a team and they show their training camp, the five weeks leading up to the season starting. And it's always shot really well. They always focus on like the rookies that are trying to make the team and some guys you like fall in love with and then they get cut and it's like devastating. But they managed to, like, shoot a week, like, Monday through Sunday, and then air it on Wednesday. It's incredible how fast they turn this stuff around. Wow. And it's fully edited. Fully Looks edited. Nice. Yeah. So they wow. had, like, this this past Wednesday, they had, they're had they doing the Dallas Cowboys right now, which is my favorite team. So extra special for me, even though I watch this show every year, no matter what. They had a preseason game on Friday. On Wednesday, that game was, like, half the episode because of all the little storylines going on inside of it. Like there's this guy from Africa who his mom, it was, he had like made a practice squad a couple times, but this is his first time on a team. And so his mom got to come and see him play in an NFL game for the first time ever, even though it was a preseason game, it was very emotional and super exciting. Yeah. Little things like that are what make it cool. And, you know, slow-mo shots of two guys just running into each other as fast as they can. <laughs> yeah. And besides that, the challenge is back, like season 34, and I'm all about the challenge. <laughs> I, I'm grimacing. I don't know. What... It's an MTV competition reality show where okay. they've been doing it since 2000. It used to be Road Rules versus Real World, colon, The Challenge, but those two shows don't exist anymore. Okay. So, like, they would always get their batch of people from those two reality shows. 
So now what they do is they take people who have already done the challenge. Like there's some people who have done it like 12 times. Mm -hmm. And then they take people from other reality shows, mostly European reality shows, because they shoot these in Europe, mostly because there's a pandemic. So they have to find some country that will let them go in there and do it. Yeah. And so it's like this person was on Polish Survivor or this person. They get a lot of people from like, are you the one in the UK? And they love people from Big Brother, especially UK versions, and Survivor. So like any country you're from, if you did well on one of those two shows, they'll give you a shout. And uh, it's kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. And they have like 34 adults all living in a house together, just getting shit faced and fucking. (laughs) And then they have to do like these crazy difficult challenges. That's the challenge. Okay. Well, well, some of them, (laughs) some of these challenges are like, like the one this week was your partner's going to fly overhead in a helicopter where you're, while you're standing out the, like the moon window of a car. What do they call that? (laughs) Sunroof. (laughs) You're standing out the sunroof of a car. And they're going to throw bags to you and you gotta catch as many as you can before we get to the end of this runway. Mm. And that's it. But then some of them are like, oh, run six miles, solve a puzzle, then bike six miles, then solve another puzzle, then run six more miles. And it's like, oh, that's no big fucking deal, I guess. And it's I, like, oh, and in the middle, we're going to feed you like um, rotten pig's feet and you have yeah. to finish it. What is this, like Fear Factor? Kind of. Yeah. Anyway, I've been watching it forever. It's my favorite show. It's the best. <laughs> <laughs> and if you win, you get a million dollars. Ooh. <laughs> right? Well, like back in the day, it used to be like, if you win, you seven people get to split $20,000. <laughs> but <laughs> over the years, it's grown and grown. Yeah. And it used to be a lot like the challenges were like, get in a bikini and rub your butt on this ice cube until it melts, like this huge ice cube, and then get the thing that's inside of it. And it's all just like get people scantily clad and making gyrating motions. But now it's like, climb this mountain. If you don't die, you'll probably win some money. <laughs> Jeez. It's oh, evolved is what that, I'm saying. That sounds insane. It is. Check out MTV's The Challenge. <laughs> hey, anyway, enough of that. You want to talk about Doctor Who? I suppose. Okay. We're going to start by talking about Terror of the Autons. When we do these, if you haven't listened to this before, we kind of tend to focus on the companion. We don't really do deep dives on the companion. We're using it as an excuse to watch these episodes. And then at the end, we'll kind of we'll do these two episodes. And then at the end, we'll kind of talk about the companion. Mostly we'll talk about the actor who played that companion. And, uh, you know, just talk about whatever the hell we want. So, Alex. Yeah. Terror of the Autons, written by Robert Holmes, directed by Barry Letts, aired January 2nd, 1971 to January 23rd, 1971. As always, where... In the list, the Doctor Who Magazine 50th Anniversary Poll, where in the list of 156 classic stories did this one fall? 62. <laughs> I feel like all of your guesses are within 11 of each other. Probably. <laughs> you just always yeah. pick relatively the middle. I don't know. We haven't, I don't think we've done some real stinkers, so I think it's pretty good. Been pretty lucky. Yeah. Um, 34. Oh, shit. Okay. It is the eighth highest third Doctor story, which is kind of crazy that the third Doctor has eight stories in the top 34. Yeah. The sixth Doctor, Colin Baker, has zero (laughs) in the top 34. (laughs) So the stinkers are coming. (laughs) Yep. (laughs) The first Doctor has three. They're all right next to each other. And they're all Dalek stories. 
the three dollar stories. Yeah. Or I guess the chase is in there. Anyway. What'd you think of this one? Uh it's good. Uh I I think I like the look and creepiness of the autons in the last story we saw them in. Uh-huh. Better than this one. This one it seemed a little bit more polished and like more of a like yeah, sure, it's a guy in a in a in a like a big mask. Whereas like the other ones are just like literally latex, like <laughs> pressed up against the face. It's just like <sighs> which is just scary. I don't know. I think there's some pretty creepy stuff. Like when Pertwee pulls the mask off the cop and it's uh yeah. Octon, that's proper creepy. I think the big head guys are actually real creepy. Yeah. Just alone. Yeah. Just when you see like 11 of them yeah. just walking down the. Who would be cool with that? Nobody. Yeah. Who's <laughs> like, oh, great. Those guys we hired to scare the neighborhood are here. <laughs> yeah. Go hand out flowers. Yeah. Um, yeah. They had the the awesome uh, Mission Impossible face rip moments. Lots of those. Yeah. The master. Like, that was another thing that's kind of lost on the master these days is that the master used disguises all the time. Mm. And so we not only get the master, like installing a phone in the doctor's office and then being like, psych, it was me. We also get the doctor faking his own death by being like, psych, it was that other dude wearing a Roger Delgado mask. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool. Um, I was surprised. I don't know if, I don't know why I didn't know this, but, uh, like found out early in the first episode of this story that Joe is is a agent. I didn't know why did I, like, she's like a junior agent. Yeah, I didn't know she was part of unit. You think they just like hired her as a secretary? I thought the doctor just found a lady like he always does. <laughs> it's like I picked this one. Yeah. Hey you there. Hey you. You're you're you look <laughs> you're good on camera. <laughs> <laughs> but you know they have to come up with a way. Um, cause they're doing the whole doctor stuck on earth thing still. Mm-hmm. He's working at unit. They have to figure out a way to introduce her into the story. They lost Liz Shaw because she went back to Cambridge. I'm saying it doing bunny ears. <laughs> um, so they just have to like quick introduce somebody. It's not really even a part of the story. She just walks in and they're like, here she is. And it's Joe Grant. It's Katie Manning. She's immediately Joe Grant. Just like. Bumbling, sweet, like apologetic for not like understanding science, but like not really giving a shit that she doesn't yeah. like apologetic that she's not apologetic pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Well, and she she had some quick zingers off the top, which was great. Uh, like the uh, I took a I don't even know the levels, the a level. <laughs> I took a level something science, some yeah. science class. And then the doctor asked her a question. She's like, I don't know. He's like, I thought you took the thing. He's like, I took it. <laughs> like, I didn't say I passed. Yeah. <laughs> but it's pretty quick. So like the doctor meets this lady who like ruins his experiment. Um, she's, she's not a scientist, like not pretending to be. She's hired or her expertise is like picking locks <laughs> and yeah. some other stuff. I can't remember. Picking locks, but she just has a giant key ring. Yeah, and I hate that scene because um, <laughs> the guy who plays Yates says his line too early, and they just leave it in because she's like fishing out her keys, and he says key for every occasion, but she hasn't pulled her keys out yet. Oh. And so like he would have just met her. He doesn't know. So then she pulls her this big key ring out, and he's already walking away. And they're like, "Cut, got it. <laughs> no need to redo that one." <laughs> so then. Joe joins the team. 
go immediately like goes on her own, gets captured <laughs> and hypnotized. This Joe or this companion, this uh or really assistant, she's never content to like just sit by. She like Liz would be you didn't see all the Liz stories, but no. She would be in the lab working. So it'd be like, hey, we need all this stuff done. You get crack it. She's like, you got it. That's my fucking job. This companion or assistant is like, well, I'm coming too. Like you, I'm your assistant. I should come with you. And they're like, no, no, no. D- dumb little girl. <laughs> and she goes anyway and, you know, one time gets hypnotized and tries to kill everybody. Another time murders a man with a vase to the head and saves the doctor. Did he die? can only assume. Oh. Like, it's not good to get knocked out for a long period of time. Yeah. Like, they were in there having a conversation. Yeah. It's hmm. not something that actually happens in life. Like, if that <laughs> happens to you, you're brain damaged. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is a season of firsts, or an episode of firsts. We get first Katie Manning, or sorry, first Joe Grant story, first Master story, First, um, Mike Yates story, who becomes a regular during this time. And actually, okay. Green Death, the other one we watch, is his kind of last story. As really? Oh. His last regular story. He pops up a couple times, but not regularly like he does during this period. So let's talk about them. I mean, we just talked about Joe Grant. Let's go to the next one. The Master. First Master story. So what this they... was Delgado's first... First story. Story. We just hear the TARDIS noise. A horse trailer shows up, and then he steps out, and he's like, hey, you there, I'm the master. <laughs> and everyone's like, okay. <laughs> no, he he was amazing. Like, I I didn't know this was his first one, and I'm thinking, Delgado killing it, like always. But, like, he, he really hit it on the first shot. Like, he was great. Mm-hmm. He was very menacing, the way that he, like, held himself, and it was yeah. awesome. But he's also, like, so cool yeah. and like so suave like yeah you know he first shows up and he's wearing what you think of as like the master suit it almost kind of looks like um the bad guy in austin powers <laughs> like it's very gray and it doesn't like look like something you would buy yeah but then when he shows up in the plastics factory he's got like a very crisp like 70s suit that a businessman would be wearing and he fucking looks dope yeah <laughs> and he's just like so cool yeah I really liked his uh, his scene when the the guy's dad showed up and he tried to hypnotize him mm-hmm. and it didn't work because he was strong willed. But then he then he like went into like, oh, well, hey, try and look at this thing. And then he's like pushing this doll because he wants to murder him. <laughs> right. And he's like, no, no, I insist. Take this. Take this uh, doll. By the way, I turned the heat up in your car and y- this will blow your mind. You will have no way of turning the heat down. <laughs> I, I told I've told you before, but in the the Blu-ray release for season eight, they have Sasha Dewan and his partner, whose name I can never remember, watching all these stories on their behind the sofa section. So they have one that is um those two, and they also have Katie Manning with the guy that plays the dude she runs off with in Green Death. Oh, the professor. Yeah. Okay. And then they have um, uh, Sarah Sutton and they have the people that played <laughs> uh, Nissa and Tegan, um, Sarah Sutton and 
the lady that plays Tegan. I'm just blanking right now. Uh, they're on a bunch of them. Like, they're always available <laughs> to do these DVDs. <laughs> but, uh, like, it starts with Sarah Sutton going, hey, I brought my own blanket this time. Because, <laughs> like, if you watch the last one, she was cold and they had to share a blanket. But also they have, like, a plastic divider between them because it's COVID. But anyway, I was telling you, Sasha Dewan purposely didn't watch much of the other actors playing the master. So he'd never seen Delgado. And you get to see his, like, real-time reaction of watching Delgado for the first time and Delgado's first story. And he's just, like, blown away. He keeps repeating, like, look at how still he is. Like, he's yeah. just very stoic. Whereas Sasha Dewan's ma- master is a maniac. Like, he's all Jumping over the everywhere. fucking place. Yeah. Like, he can't say anything without bouncing up and down, which is fine. But he's just, like, he talks about using a lot of, like, the doctor's mannerisms because he thinks the doctor and the master are, like, two sides of a coin. So, like, he, if you watch his episodes, like, he watched William Hartnell grabbing his jacket all the time while he walks around. So he does that. It talks about stuff like that. So, but it's totally worth it just to watch him, like, nerd out over Roger Delgado's master and just be like, it's so fucking cool, this guy. (laughs) yeah i would have to agree very cool we get mike yates his first episode i don't know how much you know about him uh we probably haven't seen a ton that he was in but he's always like the second in command unit guy because they have benton who's always there but he's more like the muscle guy yeah he you know he came onto the show as kind of like a background performer and someone got fired so they're like you come do this and now he's been, you know, he got this huge career out of it. But I don't think he's like the strongest performer. So I think they wanted yeah. a new a new actor to kind of be like the second in command to the brig. And it's always been Benton and well, not always, but it's Benton and Yates or like yeah. the Briggs guys. Yeah. Okay. And then I think they also wanted someone, first of all, someone shorter, someone more Katie Manning's height. And I think they wanted someone younger. Because they do kind of flirt a lot. Mm. And so I think they kind of wanted that will they, won't they. And there's a lot of times where, you know, Joe, the doctor's asking Joe to do something. And she's like, can't, uh, Mike Gates is taking me out tonight. You know, just like throw away lines. Like, oh, we're going out to see this thing or we're going out for drinks or whatever. But it's never like they're dating. Gotcha. And as we'll see in Green Death, he's not, like, torn apart when she gets engaged to somebody. Yeah, he was happy. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh, now I can not have to talk to this lady anymore. <laughs> <laughs> he's really just thinking, like, oh, man, I wonder what the next assistant's going to look like. <laughs> we had we had Liz, we got Joe. <laughs> Little as you know, Sarah Jane's right around the corner. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I forgot in, when talking about Joe's, like, opening scene when she comes in. That the doctor calls her a ham-fisted bun vendor. What the hell does that mean? Uh, I I I can't even imagine what that is supposed to like. What is he bashing? I don't get it. <laughs> ham-fisted bun vendor. Is, no idea. Is that like supposed to be a low intelligence slight or something? I don't know. All right, and I don't care. If you're listening to this, don't tell me. I just want to imagine, you know, whatever I want. Oh, what do you think about that uh, that other Time Lord just, like, materializing with the TARDIS noise? I didn't like noise? that. <laughs> I, I wrote that down. I was like, the fuck? It's like, this dude is TARDIS noising into being as a tiny man. Like, it was the TARDIS noise, and then he showed up. Like, it wasn't him flying a TARDIS in and then stepping out. 
Right. It was just him showing up. So I guess, was it a projection? Maybe it was a projection, but... I don't think so. No, it was actually him? Anyway, I didn't like it. Um, the one kind of last big note I have is we talked about in our last podcast that this is the period of time in which the stunt team havoc works on the show. Mm -hmm. And so you got to have some great havoc stunts. And besides, I think there's one time when the doctor jumps out of a moving bus. I think that's a stunt performer. I don't think he actually did it. And then there's a guy that does a, like a rolling fall down a gravel pit or like a hill. That is insane. Yeah. That, yeah, he could have easily just snapped a neck, but it was cool. Like, you could see the, uh, you know, they say when you're falling down a hill, you're supposed to try and uh, get your feet down the hill and then, like, kind of pivot up and then, like, roll and then pivot up and roll. And So that's what he was doing. That was kind of Yeah, cool. but yeah. he's also, like, trying to make it cinematic. So he's right. trying to, like, flip around and yeah, be all... like, yeah. flail a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So that was cool. Um, I don't really have any other notes on this. I I think the Autons, especially in the 70s, were a great villain. And it's kind of weird that it's until Rose when they come back. Yeah. They were definitely cool. I, I'm trying to remember what their, like, overall gig is. Are they just trying to take over the world? Well, they were in the last one. In this one... They just still have one of those pods sitting in a museum. So the master's using it for his purposes. Right. Which is taking over the world. But it, it, he was going to call down more of them to, like, take over the world, I guess. Right? That was the... Because they were, they were like, killing yeah. off a bunch of people and going to murder a ton of people to, like, spread discourse and uncertainty. And then in the confusion, all of a sudden, all of these autons would show up and then he would just take over. Right. That was a whole. Yeah. yeah. He's just okay. using them as goons. Yeah. Which is cool because, you know, there's such a scary monster in the the previous season. Now, this guy's so scary that they're just henchmen for him, mm-hmm. which is like talking about uh, Sasha Dewan's master. When there's three episodes of a shod, the lone Cyberman being like the scariest thing ever. And then the master shows up just like, boink, you're dead. That it's like, holy shit. Yeah. And that's how scary the master is. Right. Ugh. Any last thoughts on Terror of the Autons? Great opener. I, I yeah. liked it. It was good, good story, good episodes, good feel. It didn't feel like it drug on a bit. Like it was right. four four episodes. Good. Good intro for Joe. Yeah. I feel like her and the doctor kinda click pretty fast. There's even a point where you know the doc they figured out something. Like, an element of the story. So the doctor's like, okay, great. Everyone out. I got to, like, start tinkering with my science stuff. And then Joe's like, even me? And he's like, no, not you. (laughs) And gives her a big smile. Yeah. And, you know, has her go do a task that he needs done. It's like, Mm -hmm. I I need you. I need you to actually be my assistant. And she's like, oh, great. That's what what I'm here for. It was good. It was. And Katie Manning was amazing in it. She's amazing in everything. She's my favorite companion. Spoiler alert (laughs) for when we (laughs) rank all the companions. Uh, And she gets a ton to do in this. She's not, you know, she immediately gets captured like in the the first time she goes to the warehouse. But that's taken care of. And she punches the shit out of Yates. Like just gives him one good one in the stomach, takes him out. She gets to do a lot of stuff. And she's not just like the screamy. 
She's not damsel. a scream girl. Yeah. yeah. Which really none of these 70s companions are. Like Sarah Jane kind of has to a little bit because sometimes they just need someone to get captured. Yeah. And sometimes it's Harry Sullivan. Sometimes it's her. But, you know, during these most of the 70s, there's one companion. So, yeah, you're going to have to get captured. Sometimes doctor's going to have to save you. You're going to do some screaming. Right. Moving on. The Green Death, written by Robert Sloman, directed by Michael Bryant, aired May 19th, 1973 to June 23rd, 1973. Alex. Yeah. Where in the 156 classic episodes of the 50th anniversary Doctor Who magazine poll did this fall? 103. What? It was gross. (laughs) (laughs) You'll be surprised. It is number 21. What the fuck? The third highest third doctor story. Yeah. Yeah, I could see it. People are gross. (laughs) So just because there's maggots, you're out. Well, no, I mean, it wasn't bad. It was it was fun. I I would say I, I feel like this one could have been condensed to four episodes. I felt it yeah. was a little draggy, but other than that, it was good performances. The yeah. bad guy was amazing. Bad guy was amazing. The director, oh man. Give um, that man an Emmy. <laughs> it's, instead of going through the story like we do sometimes, uh, just kind of do a quick synopsis. So the doc by this point, the doctor has his TARDIS back. There, we haven't seen it. There have been some episodes where they leave and they go on oh, adventures. Okay. Um, I think he ended up doing something for the Time Lords, so they like gave him. Yeah, like, they mentioned it in this one. Yeah, so they like sent him somewhere. Joe is reading the newspaper, which we know she can't read because <laughs> I mean Katie Manning can't because she is literally like legally blind. She all really? in every interview, all she talks about is how she can't see anything. What she's like. I usually watch the Mythmakers interviews. For this one, I didn't because that Blu-ray I was telling you about has a long Katie Manning interview called In Conversation. I watched that instead. She's telling the guy interviewing her, like, I literally can't see your face. (laughs) Wow. But she had, like, these huge glasses. Yeah. So that she could see. And right before they're going to yell action, they take her glasses away. And she's just like, (laughs) in um, Terror of the Autons, when she meets the doctor, she, like goes to shake his hand and puts her hand right through this contraption of his. And then they like, Oh, you have to pull your hand out and they go shake hands on the other side of it. She said like, when we were rehearsing that machine wasn't there. <laughs> so I had, <laughs> so they take her glasses away and she just <laughs> shoves her hand and happens to not hit anything just accidentally. And it makes this little funny moment between the two of them. Yeah. Because Katie Manning is blind. <laughs> just can't see anything. That's crazy. I would not have guessed that, but, Oh yeah, how is she running up she, and down places like, just accidentally? That's <laughs> like, amazing. She, play, she brings it up every third sentence that she can't see anything. So when she went four wheeling with the doctor after they cut, like she's just like, "Oh my god, it might die." <laughs> she can see like, wait, she doesn't know where they're going. She trusted. <laughs> she said she was very good at like knowing how to distribute her weight on motorcycles. It's oh. like she's always a good passenger, hmm. and. You know, stuff like that. Uh, Joe reads that Global Chemicals has been granted permission to use a new process of oil production. She insists that she go there to protest with this Professor Jones she's been hearing about and threatens to quit if the brig doesn't let her. Luckily, the brig's going there anyway because there's been someone has died under 
mysterious circumstances. Yep. Uh, Joe meets a professor, gets a boner, goes down the mine shaft, <laughs> gets a miner killed, and is rescued by the doctor, um, who has returned from a hilariously dangerous trip to Metabilis 3. Yeah, that whole sequence was hilarious. <laughs> it's just him getting his ass beat. It was great. <laughs> Do you remember Matt Smith's doctor talking about Metabilis 3 and having a similar gem? No. So in the episode Hide, he has a jam from Metabolus 3. Well, you might not know because he pronounces it Metabolus 3. There's a big, oh. big uproar in the fan community. Hmm. Like, there would be people retconning why he pronounced it wrong. <laughs> More. Like, fans, just chill out. <laughs> he pronounced it wrong because Matt Smith didn't watch this story. <laughs> and this, this the is Lasagna didn't. Gate again. <laughs> <laughs> lasagna. Um... <laughs> So in that episode, he uses it in like that headpiece that he gives to the the lady who has like um, em- empath powers. Oh, to kind yeah. of like amp up her powers. Right. So anyway, okay, a, a hilarious sequence in which the John Pertwee is just running around, uh, having all kinds of puppets thrown at him. <laughs> yeah. So then, Global Chemical doesn't want any investigations into this mine that someone just died in because that's where they're dumping all of their waste. And this waste caused a bunch of giant maggots to burrow their way to the surface and just lay about a quarry, which is all <laughs> maggots want, just to lie about a quarry. Yeah. Uh, there's a bunch of unit versus maggot fighting. Um, a lot of people sneaking into Global Chemical and getting caught repeatedly. Uh, there's a supercomputer named Boss who likes to hum music while his, <laughs> while his yeah. man's working. Yeah. Finally, the doctor unhypnotizes the bad guy who... Manages to uh, overload, to blow up the place, yeah, killing him and the computer and everything, yeah. And then our lovely Joe Grant gets engaged to, you know, a scrawny nerd boy, and off they go. He was to hot. the Amazon. I, I would say he was hot. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he's good looking. I don't I don't hold nothing against her. And she was dating that guy IRL. Really? <laughs> oh, that's cool. <laughs> no, I, I don't know. Um, they had chemistry on, on camera, and it, yeah. I guess it shows. I think the director said like he was reluctant to even audition that guy because he knew they were dating. Mm. And turns out he said the guy was perfect. So I mean, you need a hippy dippy scientist, dude. Yeah, he, he's got the look. Yeah, it was good. Uh so stuff. What do you guys say? The, so the whole mind scene. Like any scene where they were in the mine, yeah, it was the same room, right? They were walking <laughs> yeah. back and forth like Scooby Doo. Yeah, <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. Um, and then the, <laughs> the, uh, what what game was that? It was I think it was a Donkey Kong Kong game where you like ride in a in a rail like a mine rail cart. Yeah. Donkey Kong Country. Country. That's all I could think of in that scene, too, when they were just going through. That was great. <laughs> they were just using it as a gondola and yeah. pushing their way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like how Joe has to be convinced that they can't go that way because we just saw the mine game in. She's like, no, no, we, we, that's the way. Well, there's yeah. maggots over there. Yeah, it's we'll like, go that way. <laughs> this track goes two ways. One way is a giant wall. <laughs> we're clearly going the other way. I was on Joe's side. <laughs> I, I was into it. Like. Oh man, that the scene with the maggots was gross, and then they kept showing it. And uh, I thought the CG was pretty good too. Like it's not CG. 
Well, <laughs> it's not computer generated by a computer. Yeah, I know. What is what? Uh, picture in CSO color something overlay. The S doesn't stand for something. It stands for something, not <laughs> something. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> uh, yeah. When Joe goes down there with that dude, that uh, Welsh dude, who ends up dying, you watch those scenes where they're going through the mine, I say in quotes, uh, he is grabby. <laughs> there there yeah. is a lot of touch in Katie Manning. He was a little close. Kind of the same with the doctor when they're going up the ramp. Doctor always does that. There's a lot of like pushing on her butt as he's getting there. Yeah, but yeah. in the same time, like, Katie Manning can't see anything. <laughs> so maybe she really needs someone she to be. Need, she needs the help. <laughs> she needs a hand on the waist and a hand on the wrist <laughs> to like guide her. <laughs> um, one thing I saw in researching this one, or just Kate or Joe Grant in general, is that John Pertwee wanted someone small because he wanted to he wanted it to appear as though he was like protective over her. Oh. Like he wanted someone that he was like looming over. And so, you know, Katie Manning's quite small. Is she that small though? <clears throat> she seemed like, I feel like Pertwee is a giant and she is like normal size. <laughs> no, no, no. Pertwee's really? a regular size guy. Oh. They just hire a lot of little people to walk around him. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Same with Jodie Whittaker. On the show, she seems gigantic. She's 5'7". Like, she's not very really? tall. Oh, wow. And it's just like, Sasha Dwan must be four and a half feet tall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, the director, I think, if we're doing MVPs, is my MVP for this story. Like, he was so cold. Jerome or Jeremy Willis, depending on how you pronounce it. J-E-R-O-M-E. He was amazing. He was so good. I, I loved every yeah. scene he was in. So good and so recognizable. That, like, I looked him up on IMDb. The picture in IMDb is like, oh, yeah, that guy. Like, I've seen that guy in 100 things. And then I look. I haven't seen anything he's in. He's just <laughs> in every British TV show that's ever existed yeah. until he died, like, five years ago. Nice. So he kept <clears throat> he kept the work. That's good. Oh, yeah. Lots of work. Um, but, yeah, that guy was awesome. I was super surprised to not have seen him in anything. According to the TARDIS wiki, I don't think they ever say the character's first name. He's Stevens. Mm-hmm. His the character's first name is Jocelyn, so his name's Jocelyn Stevens. How do they know that? I don't know. Was it in the credits? It might be in the script. Like they get a oh. lot of script notes and stuff. Okay. God, that guy was so good. And then his, because uh, it was the director, and then the two guys under him, and the one guy was hypnotized, but the other guy was like showing dissension. That other guy and. Didn't get his name, but he had the awesome mustache, and he was like arguing with the director. Um, Elgin, he yes. Tony Adams, he was great too. I liked both of them when they were yeah. going back and forth. I uh, even liked Hinks, who was like the goon, the like the the yeah. the muscle guy. Yeah, that dude was dope. Uh, let's see who else I mentioned. Oh yeah, so Hinks, the goon. I think in one episode he had to be replaced because he got like violently ill and had to be taken to the hospital and they just like gave his lines to somebody else and kind of quickly reworked it. Hmm. And then there's something else that need to be with the, the people at the, the hippie hut or whatever the fuck they called it. Um, the, the, the nut house, nut hutch, nut hutch. So the lady there who like, 
took over for the doctor when he, he's like trying to make the anecdote for for the professor. And she's like, oh, I can do that. And he's like, oh, great. Yeah. She was supposed to have a much bigger part, but she had a conflict with something else she was doing. She was kind of cast last minute. So they had to, she couldn't show up for like the first 10 days they were shooting or something. Okay. And so they had to give a lot of her stuff to other people. She was supposed to be a much bigger part. That character was pretty cool. I, I did think it was odd that she stepped in in the later episodes. Like that was wonky, but yeah. Good, yeah. good actress. Uh, lot, lots of fun, you know, unit soldiers shooting maggots, lots of like dropping grenades from helicopters, all the stuff the boys in the audience are going to want, um, you know, not to generalize, but it's, you know, just more of what we've been talking about, about what the show is during this time. And this is kind of the end of it. Like the unit time is coming to an end here. Mm. Like unit will pop up here and there, but it's got the TARDIS back. We're going to do start doing more leaving. And when, you know, he's got one more season before Tom Baker comes along and then he's off. Like Tom Baker's like, fuck this place. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What else you got? Green Death. Uh, the I really liked the mystery in the first couple episodes where the doctor like the doctor didn't know what was killing all these people for a long time. And like, obviously you could see the, the bodies just like slowly being engulfed by that awesome green shit. Like that was a really cool effect. Um, but just the mystery of it all was cool. Yeah. I, I think if I was watching these all in order, which we kind of have been, cause we've been doing the companions in order. I would be getting a little bored of the, like generic worker at a plant has died because of X alien thing. Yeah. Like with Inferno, some other episodes in um, Liz Shaw's season that you didn't see. And then I didn't watch all of Katie Manning's era because she's in three seasons, but it definitely happens. And so when it starts with just like, Oh, another guy's got some green stuff on him and he's going to die. It's kind of just let's, who cares? Like, let's find out who the bad guy is and let's, yeah. and let's deal. This, this story, uh, I just realized is almost beat by beat the same as, um, terror of the deep with the sea monster fury from the deep fury from the deep. You remember in the DVD for that, um, there was that guy who like met, um, the guy who plays Jamie out at Fraser Hines out on the beach and like was talking to him about it. Oh yeah. Cause he was a production assistant. That's the guy who directed this. Oh, well there you go. Well, he didn't write it, <laughs> yeah, but I mean, yeah, but it's literally like new energy source for the country and yeah. it's causing ecological issues. Yeah. And, uh, people die. <laughs> well, yeah. It's the same as Inferno, <laughs> like, except yeah. they needed seven episodes. So they like, well, what if there's an alternate earth? <laughs> yeah, I suppose. And uh, that guy, the director, Michael Bryant, because he had worked on Fury from the Deep, he was like, oh, we did this cool thing on Fury from the Deep where we hung the TARDIS from a helicopter. Let's bring in a helicopter for when these maggots become flies. And it'll, it'll look awesome. 
But on the day they were going to do it, it was really bad weather and it was not safe. So they got like a couple helicopter shots, but they weren't able to do it the way they wanted. So they had to do it in CSO and it looks wicked bad. <laughs> the Hold on. So they used the helicopters for the flying of the, that was, of the bug? That was the plan. Okay. But they didn't get to because bad weather. Right. And so what, yeah, I was going to say what they showed was, <laughs> it was real bad. Yeah. It's just, okay. Uh, John Pertwee and, uh, Benton, uh, just lay down in the car <laughs> and yeah. pretend some scary is happening. Oh, and the prop, the prop was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. The mega prop was incredible. Like when it opened yeah. its mouth or those teeth. Yeah. That was fucking disgusting. That was gross as fuck. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, we haven't talked much about John Pertwee today. How do you feel about him in these two stories? He like when is, is he your favorite now? I I think he's my favorite classic yep. doctor. Ah, that's hard though. Um, because the second Doctor is also really fucking good, but I haven't yeah. seen a lot of his live action, so that's the only difference. There's not much of it. Yeah. So, I I liked him in both of these. Uh, he's like he the way that he plays the Doctor. Uh, in because I saw his first episode. Uh, it's like it's consistent. It's always mm-hmm. him playing his Doctor, and it's it's just so good. Yeah. I think that I don't think there's any doctor you could say isn't like, I think they're all pretty consistent, pretty fast. Yeah. Except maybe Hartnell, but I think that's part of the story. Kind of like with Capaldi, Mm -hmm. like the softening of the character and the change in tone. Yeah. It's intentional. Are you sad or excited for the unit kind of time to be over? Go get some planets. Kind of sad. Um, just because the Brig is such a good character. And he he will come back. Like sometimes they just show up and yeah. the Brig's there. Unit's there. Yeah. Uh, he's in. It was actually really cool in that Blu-ray behind the sofa thing with Sasha Dewan. And um, his partner was in Sarah Jane Adventures as one of the kids. And so she worked with Katie Manning and... Nicholas Courtney because they both reprised their characters on Sarah Jane adventures. Mm. Um, so for like Katie Manning, she's playing Joe Grant again, 37 years later after her <laughs> last episode. Yeah. Which is crazy. And she's still playing it uh, in big finish, like all the time. Nice. And she plays a different big finish character. Um, Iris wild time, Irene wild time. It's one of those hmm. where she's a, crazy time lord who just is drunk all the time and just wants to be drunk and she her tardis is a double decker bus that's smaller on the inside <laughs> nice and she's awesome at it that's really funny so do you have anything did, did i ever let you answer how you felt about <laughs> unit being done well, mostly done I, I, yeah i'm kind of sad about it um because the brig was in every episode, right? In in this era, mostly, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it going to other planets and seeing aliens in, uh, like alien bazaars, again is going to be cool. <laughs> that almost never happens. It's well, <clears throat> it almost never happens in classic. 
It almost never happens at all in well, Doctor Who. It happens like twice. No, there's there's been some times. <laughs> well, we may be seeing the brig and the unit team again soon because we, you know, there is another season of Pertwee with Sarah Jane. And though they do leave, they do some unit stuff. Um, so when we do our Sarah Jane episode a couple podcasts from now, I haven't decided which episodes we're doing because we have already done her first and last stories for the podcast. Yep. So in those cases, we tend to turn to Twitter, um, try to narrow it down. There's so much that I can't do like a four episode Twitter poll being like, hey, which one? Yeah. So we we'll see how how we end up doing that. But make a bracket <clears throat> and then Twitter can decide the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> so, um. There's, we did two episodes today, Terry Autons, The Green Death. Which one did you like more? I think I like Terry of the Autons better. Um, it was tight. Tight. It was uh, fresh for a lot of reasons. It's got the master. Yeah. There's a lot of um, location. They weren't just stuck in the studio all the time. That's true, too. Uh, yeah, there's there was some cool um, spots that they shot. It was just neat. I didn't have a hard time with Terror of the Autons because the like stuff in the plastics factory, like I get bored and it's, it's kind of the same with the first Auton story where it's all that stuff with like the, the tertiary characters that aren't, that aren't the, like the main team or the main bad guys. It's like the general and he's going around talking about getting his plastic statue and like, I don't give a shit about any of that. Yeah. Um, Green Death, I really do like all the characters. I like all the nut hutch people. Um, I think I think that's kind of just like a cool a cool place to like go when you need to break from the story. Or like anytime yeah, they true. discover something and they need to go talk about it, they go to that place. Yeah. And so even though it's two more episodes, I kind of like the pacing of it more just because the downtimes are more enjoyable to watch i guess okay and you know you get to see people throw grenades out of a helicopter at maggots so <laughs> yeah what's not to like and you get like a sassy bitchy ai being like i'm gonna hum music while you try to work just to piss you off <laughs> anyway anyway all that stuff being done i'd like to talk a little bit more about katie manning because i did watch this interview with her and i've watched a load of interviews with her because she's one of the best ambassadors for the show that you know comes out of the classic era she's just one of the best ambassadors for the show period she does a lot of interviews loves talking about doctor who if you go on twitter and just tweet hello at her she will tweet you back <laughs> just hi <laughs> like she's the nicest lady that's cool she you know does all these dvds she tweets out when new episodes come out like jody episodes she's like oh that was great like good job everybody on doctor who she's just you know that's cool still a part of the doctor who family she does all big finish stuff still and she's she's like who you want from a fan perspective to like be representing the show because she's very talented still very beautiful but fucking crazy and that's exactly what we want <laughs> because it's a weird dumb sci-fi show yeah so she's like the mascot we want representing us <laughs> so in this interview there's some fun things i want to point out um, she said Pertwee picked her up every day, sometimes on a motorcycle, sometimes in a car, because she can't drive, because she can't see. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and so I just thought that was kind of cute. 
um, when she got cast, they had auditioned uh, like everybody, and they had narrowed it down to three women. She couldn't do the audition process because she was doing something else. So she came in after that point, and she named the three women that they had it down to. Oh no! <laughs> and they were all like pretty well known, like gorgeous, but they're all very tall. Ah. And we wanted a shorter lady. And she's like, that's basically how I got it. She she tells the stories of her life. In like she had this crazy life where she always is hanging out with super famous people. And it never sounds like she ever had a job where she got paid. Like I don't know where her money's coming from, but she's just living like this crazy, like I want to say bohemian lifestyle where she's just going around partying constantly. Really? Wow. How do like, I do that? But she also like purposely doesn't name drop. So like she grew up with Liza Minnelli. Like she, they were best friends. So when she's telling stories, she just says my friend. She doesn't say her name. Hmm. Liza Minnelli is one of the most famous people in the world. And so her mom is Judy Garland. Like So she was, as a child, hanging out with Judy Garland. One <laughs> fucking Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. Like it's crazy. And... She, you know, was talking about, oh, me and my friend went here and we were hanging out with, and she's like, you know, I don't want to say any names, but like ton of famous people. And the interviewer's like, well, give us like one example. She's like, okay, so I used to date Jimi Hendrix. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, what? <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> or she's, she said, I was going with Jimi Hendrix. Um, so... This dude from The Green Death, who plays Professor, what's his name? You could see why I'm like, he's no Jimi Hendrix. <laughs> How did she go? Yeah. But also a lot of these stories she's telling where she's clubbing and partying and doing all this. She's like 14. Mm. and But she's hanging out with Liza Minnelli, who's going through all that other stuff, or going through all that stuff as well. Like yeah. being super famous and just partying at a very young age at these like exclusive clubs and stuff. And then somewhere in there, she started acting and she was, she like tells stories about like getting kicked out of acting classes and like being hired for jobs and just being like, fuck you, I'm out because the director is a dick. Yeah. And she's like, I don't need this. <laughs> I'm Katie fucking Manning. <laughs> and so, I, I, so apart I, from. I want to see like a, like, like a theatrical rendition of her life. Like, apart like from a, Doctor Who, I don't know how she made money. <laughs> She's other than she's just awesome. So everyone's like, here, have these things. Yeah, I guess when you're in that that group, you just like you don't pay for things, right. right? And she did a lot of like theater and stuff like that eventually, but she she did a lot of just like screwing around, is yeah. what I'm saying. But also, she was like a child. Yeah. Anyway, she's the coolest. I want to be her. Um, she said the cast was super tight. Um, she met Pertwee ahead of time, and they got along fine. They had to do, like, a chemistry test or whatever. Yeah. But she didn't meet anyone else, like Delgado, um, Nicholas Courtney, the other unit guys. But she said they immediately were all, like, super close. They would dinner party at each other's houses very oh, frequently. very cool. There's a, a misconception out there that she quit the show after Roger Delgado died because she didn't want to do it anymore. Uh, Delgado died after her last episode aired, so I don't know. Where people get that. Hmm. Her first day on Doctor Who, she tore all the ligaments in her foot, like falling in a hole or something. Oh, because she can't see. Right. <laughs> I've done the same thing. It sucks. But some production assistant told her, like, it's okay. We only have shot like a minute of you so far, so we can recast you. 
<laughs> oh no! She told John Pertwee that, and he flipped out. He's like, he he was just furious, and that guy wasn't being serious. He was joking with Katie, but she was so new, she didn't get it that it was yeah. a joke. And she's kind of she says a lot in this interview. She's kind of bad at telling when something's a joke, anyway. But Pertwee flipped out, and I'm sure that guy was murdered, <laughs> ran over by his motorcycle. <laughs> um. She also tells stories about hanging out with Madonna and Sean Penn in the Jeez. 90s. Like, way after Doctor Who. In the 90s, she's hanging out with Madonna. How do you just get in that, that <laughs> circle? I don't know. Um, That's crazy. She got picked on a lot in as a kid for having such big glasses and a big mouth. She does have a very wide mouth. And it's only growing as she gets older. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> um, she... Or I kind of pointed out during my making notes while listening to her that Joe does kind of go through a lot of changes through the seasons. She's one of the very few classic companions that's on the show for three seasons and as the only companion during that entire time. So she does get to like grow a bunch. And when you watch Terror of the Autons, where she's like all piss and vinegar and like wants to get to work and wants to do this to the Green Death, where she still has that same mentality, but it's pointed somewhere else it's pointed at you know saving the world being uh you know an activist and stuff like that as opposed to just like let's go fight the bad guys she wants to fight the bad guys but in a different way and she's very happy to leave unit to go do her personal like crusade versus working for the military (laughs) the one thing i love in her interview she's talking about being young and like dealing with just the craziness of being young and kind of famous and running with all these crazy people. And she said one line that made me laugh. She goes, we're not Americans. We don't talk about our feelings. (laughs) I thought that was great. (laughs) Anything else you want to say about Joe Grant slash Katie Manning? She had a lot of rings like all the time in every scene. (laughs) That's I doubt that any clothes she wears on the show are not her clothes. Really? Like, she's still in this interview, which was, like, last year. She still has all those rings on. Just blinged out. (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. No, great character, great actress. Great lady. Great lady. She's interacted with us a few times on Twitter. Hell yeah. Um, So that's it for Joe Grant. One day when we list all of our companions in order of preference, she's going to be my number one. So deal with it. (laughs) <laughs> i will i know sarah jane's great i know ace is great but you know who's better <laughs> <Joe Grant. laughs> um so next time so the next companion is sarah jane we're gonna wait on sarah jane because during her three seasons there's another companion in the middle who does one season okay or like a season in a little bit harry sullivan you've harry you've seen you've seen one harry sullivan story you've seen genesis of the daleks so you've you've when we did our podcast on genesis of the daleks i tried bringing him up and you said i literally don't know who you're talking about you (laughs) just had no memory of this man who was in the whole story i believe it and so we will be watching his first and last episodes or we'll be watching his first and last stories his first one is robot which is not only his first story, but it's Tom Baker's first story. So that'd be fun. Okay. And the Android Invasion, two Earth-based stories 
two stories about technology run amok. I like it. Both Tom Baker, both Sarah Jane, both Harry Sullivan. I don't have a ton of memory of Harry Sullivan. Like, I watched all these episodes 12 years ago. I know there's some stories where he's not in it a lot, but I think he's in these quite a bit. Like, I watched Robot recently, and I was kind of nervous that, like, he's kind of relegated because it takes place on Earth. He's like the unit doctor. Okay. And so I was nervous, like, he's not really in the first story that much, but I was reading his synopsis today, and I think it's okay. I think he's in it quite a bit. All right. Anyway. On behalf of myself, Jake, my brother Alex, thank you for listening. Please join us next time for Harry Sullivan. Do the song. Do 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 do